0: Welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Today, I'm talking to Amy Gonzalez. She's the amazing principal of Clayton Elementary School in Austin, Texas. Not only do I love her determined spirit, which includes knowing she wanted to be a principal at a very young age and, of course, making it happen, but I appreciate how intentional she is about wellness for her school community and herself. In our conversation, she will describe how this looks and feels on her campus Of course, we would love after you listen to please share this episode for others to enjoy. Let's get started. Principal Amy Gonzalez, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to have you here. We're going to dig into some fun topics today. Are you ready? I am so ready. All right. Fantastic. So I already gave our listeners a little background about you, but can you share some more about your story and your journey to leadership?
1: Absolutely. I'd love to do that. It's a pretty linear journey. Actually, I'll say laser focused. (laughs) If I met a stranger and had 10 minutes to chat with them, they would know very early on into the conversation that at the age of five, I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher. I absolutely adored my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Washburn. And mind you, I went to half day kindergarten. So this lady had an (laughs) impact. So teachers you matter let me just say that right now you matter and i had all the love and support at home it came from a great family but it just extended into the classroom space and i was learning and i loved to help my friends learn or you know teach new concepts on the recess playground you know i just already had that passion for teaching at a very early age at the age of seven i had a second grade teacher that was a doctor Her name was Dr. Kelly, and I remember asking my parents, what does that mean? And they shared Mm. what a doctorate of education was, and okay, well, I'm going to be a doctor, too. (laughs) And they're like, Amy, you want to be a kindergarten teacher? And? Like, why can't I be a doctor, kindergarten teacher? And so they're like, okay. Uh, At the age of 10 stay with me here. So at the age of 10, we we—I actually from a small town, we had moved away for a couple of years, but we were coming back. And I remember I was going into fifth grade, and my mom set up a meeting with the principal. What The goal and purpose was, I have no idea, I just remember this very nice lady, Mrs. Schreiber, and she was very welcoming and shared about the campus and the things we would learn that year in fifth grade, and there I sat in my chair saying in my head, I'm going to be a principal, right? and that's it. (laughs) Fast forward, I won't tell you how many years today, but my first job out of college was as a kindergarten teacher. I'm in my fifth year as a principal at Nan Clayton Elementary, and uh, knock on wood, in May, I will have one year of doctoral studies under my belt. So, anything and everything I've done, aside from those little check boxes, is just icing on the cake. So like speaking amazing. to you today, yeah. <laughs> just complete icing on the cake.
0: Oh my gosh, so amazing. So we all know those little girls and boys that say, I want to be a teacher, but I don't remember anyone saying they want to be a principal.
1: It's very rare. I'll say that. I, I remember when I started in the principalship program with the University of Texas at Austin and, you know, about 15 of us, you know, how mm. did you come to be? And I'm pretty sure I was the only one that was like, you know, when I was this tall, this is when I said I was going to be a principal. So this is not by chance, right? Like, I feel like this is my life's work. This is what I'm meant to do. This is Mm -hmm. why I'm here.
0: It's so amazing. Fulfilling your purpose. I love it.
1: I try every day. Yes. yes. So tell <laughs> us about your school. Oh my gosh. I have an amazing campus. It's one of the larger campuses in our school district. It's in a beautiful space. It's a very affluent campus. We have not large pockets of diversity, but we love the opportunity to celebrate the multi different cultures that we have on our campus. We have lots of different home languages that are spoken. And it is a place that we truly try to envelop and engulf ourselves in social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. And that is just, SEL is not something that we do. It's just who we are. And I'm so proud to be there. This is my eighth year, actually. I had three years as an assistant principal and now my fifth year as the principal. Mm -hmm.
0: So I want to explore that SEL comment you just made a little bit, because in so many schools, SEL is a program, right? Something you do for part of the time. And you just mentioned it's who you are. So why is SEL so important to you? You know,
1: for for the lack of sounding cheesy, I think it's so important to me because it, it really is aligned to just who I am and who I try to be as a person, right? So I believe in the power of positivity, growth mindset, mm-hmm. just equity-focused, right? And I believe that SEL encompasses all those pieces. So you're right. We we did go to a training. I took mm-hmm. my staff. Uh, it was a part of district rollout. And when it was time for our campus to be a part of it, I recall sitting there and I hadn't been out of the classroom very long. And as we're going through, I was like, wait, this, wait, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to do this. Like, this is something new, right? Yeah. Is this new to you? It shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I realized when we went back to the campus, it's like, guys, we're already doing this work. It's just giving it a name, right? And the, the part that I felt was, the biggest difference for us is we did adopt a curriculum. So we actually had weekly lessons. They were scripted and it provided, you know, stories, videos, songs. The kids love the songs, by the way. Um, and it, it was it was great. And so we really had to be careful on how we framed this to the staff of it. This is not something else to do. Right. It, it's something you're already doing that I, I really felt, passionate about as just a campus of who we were to begin with and so it's like this is just an additive Mm -hmm. this is this is giving it a name and and giving ourselves as the educators the skills to be able to then turn it around to our students and so that's that's a little bit of just where that passion is because it's why wouldn't we do this why Mm -hmm. are we not already doing this for our children
0: Right. And I love the way you phrase that because that was a little bit of SEL to your staff too, to let them know this is not one more thing, right? This is something you're already doing.
1: You are 100% correct. And I wanted them to understand that this was something that they were doing. This is just who we are as a campus. And because I trust them as the professionals that they are, they're amazing educators. They're just amazing people. I don't have a lot of non-negotiables for them. Mm -hmm. But one big thing when we started the rollout was Tuesdays, 8 a.m., you're doing your weekly SEO second step lesson. Mm -hmm. And that was just happening across the board. And throughout the week, you were integrating and weaving those strategies and those concepts throughout. So our district actually has SEL specialists that would come onto our campuses and observe and have conversations with the adults and more importantly, have conversations with kids, right? Because right. that's what you know if it's really happening. Absolutely. And we got to the not what does what does she want to see? It's what does she mm. get to see? Mm-hmm. What is she going to get to come and see on our campus? And and it was all good things. It was awesome. And I'm just so proud of the work that, that we're doing and that we continue to move forward, especially in this school year. Yeah. Boy, have I had to tap into my own SCL schools. And let's be real, we know some adults that really could have used <laughs> some explicit strategies when they were younger, right? To get through mm-hmm. some things. And so this is common language that we have. So if I'm talking to a group of kiddos, we're talking about self-awareness or empathy, they know exactly what I'm talking about and Mm -hmm. we can go forward with a conversation.
0: Yeah, that's so great. So let's talk about how this lives on your campus, how this looks. So let's share some examples. So what might be some of the first things we see when we're coming to your campus? So I really think
1: that it's in the communication that we have with one another. I think that is a huge piece and I'll be really honest, the data is great. If you look at customer service reports from our campus or our climate surveys, it it all looks really well. But the most important feedback to me is when we have community members come on board or people outside of our campus and and I know it's you can't quantify this, but when they say it just feels good. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling that makes me feel good. When we right. can create that for others who aren't maybe accustomed to our daily ins and outs, but when they're greeted by the office staff, when somebody in the hallway asks if they need something, when they hear kids, you know, conversing in the classrooms together, that communication piece is huge because mm-hmm. you want to have strong relationship skills. And communication is one of those, you know, pieces. So that's kind of a of that feeling feel that here what are you going to hear or see it's just how we all interact with one another and we know and and when kids aren't acting in that way mm-hmm. it's so easy to just call and say like hey you know what's going on here? And and mm-hmm. I know you, there's a lot of work done around restorative practices and those pieces. We're not a campus that has completely adopted that 100%, whereas we've gone through the training, but that's definitely strategies that we've modeled and adopted. Mm-hmm. And so it's the way that our adults talk to the little people in the building. And it's, yes. it's never at that judgment level. It's mm-hmm. like, help me understand you. And I right. think that's a pretty big difference and an important key to making this work.
0: That's so huge. It's that shift from asking the questions versus telling them how to behave, right? Trying to understand what's going on.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, you know, yeah. there's, there's
1: not a lot of things that I ask my teachers to do that I wouldn't do myself. And so one of those things is conducting my own SEL lessons. Mm. So early on in the principalship, I started principal assemblies. So every nine weeks, I would meet with each grade level for 50 minutes. And this was two part. So that was 50 minutes of free planning for that grade level teachers. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask them what they were doing. I didn't tell them to fill out a form. Be a professional. Do what you got to do. Stay Mm -hmm. on campus. I'm pretty sure I said that at least. (laughs) Um, And give me your students. So I would put together an assembly, you know, you can't take the little teacher out of me right now. I love teaching. And for me, that was my class, I had to make a lesson plan. So I'd put together, you know, was typically around a concept, whether it be empathy, showing kindness, we did, you know, inclusion, we did actually a, a principal assembly on supporting students with autism. I mean, just mm-hmm. all different types of topics. And that's the other way that I knew my teachers were fulfilling their, what I would say the, the SEL priorities is when I could have conversations in that large group with kids or we do a turn in talk mm-hmm. and they're all talking. And they're yeah. on task, though, because they can all talk. Right. But they were able to come back with me and give me amazing examples. Actually, as I'm saying this right now, I'm getting a little sad because obviously we haven't done that this year. And that was like yeah. the highlight of my day right. when I started my day off with the principal assembly. But that was also just to show the teachers, look, I know what you're doing and I'm going to support you in that. And here's one way that I can do that. And I just absolutely loved having that time with the students, giving my teachers that time to go do, take care of what they
0: need to do. I just felt like it was win-win all around. Absolutely. I love that example. Okay, so what's next? What's another idea? that people could do on their campus?
1: So when I think about, especially during this pandemic, when I think about the adults in the building, you know, because they need that support just as much as the students do. We really started Wellness Wednesday. So at first it was, we just tried it one day, one month, you know, and you got to wear workout clothes. And that was like the big thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> we have evolved, who, I'd like to say. Who doesn't love
0: yoga pants? That's I mean, come on. Right.
1: And who hasn't lived in them for a year? So let's Exactly. Be so we we evolved though from there. And I'm so proud of that because what we ended up doing with my cabinet team is we decided every Wednesday was a different focus of wellness. So one mm-hmm. Wednesday, it was like healthy food. So, I can't even tell you how many times I've chopped up like 50 pounds of fruit in my kitchen at night and brought it up Mm -hmm. to school for the staff the next day. But, you know, we did things like that or PTA put out a yogurt bar. The next Wednesday, it might be a physical activity. So we Mm. would have somebody from the community maybe come teach a. Yoga class or, you know, again, a reason to actually be in your workout Mm gears to do a workout that afternoon. Or we would we literally one time just went to the gym and did like just dance videos Mm. and had a great time, though. Right. And then, you know, the next Wednesday was like a self-care. So it was, you know don't quote me on this, but maybe leave early that day, you know, (laughs) just to go and take care of yourself though. So just really being intentional about that focus of wellness and how it's not just about like eating well. It's not just about working out. It's a really a whole, you know, much like whole child. I say I'm whole teacher. I think that's a really important. And so that's just another way. We recently started in january i don't know if you've heard of the energy bus by john gordon yeah so great book read it over the break uh, over the winter break and i presented to my staff and i just said hey this was a really great read quick read for me and just kind of got me back into a solid good frame of thinking anybody who wants to participate in optional book study that's going to be one of our wellness wednesdays so last wednesday of the week would be our our book study I was really surprised 20 staff members sign up wow. which really made my heart happy mm-hmm. and it's pretty much just become therapy after Wednesday after school and they're like wait we only do this once a month and I'm like I know I'm sorry guys <laughs> maybe next month we'll do it twice but so I I just think providing those opportunities for our staff to and letting them know that They need to support, you know, we're here for them also, and we want to take care of them as well.
0: Oh, I love that. Now, one thing you're really big about is self-care as a leader, too. Now, I'm going to be totally transparent. I suck at this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm horrible. So I am listening attentively. What does that look like to you? Let's make sure I'm understanding it right.
1: Well, actually, that's a great question, because I think my very first response is going to be, it does look different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I let my staff know that all the time. What my self-care is, is not the same as your self-care, as the same as your neighbor. Because, and you know, actually I wrote a little tiny blurb of this in the past and it started off as, I don't know if I mentioned, so I have four kids um, (laughs) and they keep me
0: busy. (laughs) It's kind of a big deal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just, you know, they're they're fun, I love them. But my (laughs) husband and I, joined a gym and we told them like this is to keep up with you guys right let's see today they are 12 11 8 and 5 oh
0: my goodness oh my
1: goodness yes two middle school two elementary it's all good times over here but we're (laughs) like oh my gosh like we're not getting any younger right and we need to make sure that our energy is up because you know they're we're active and we want to, you know, provide them great experiences and, and opportunities. And so we started a gym, a 24-hour gym, never did it before. But we literally, I would go after we put them down to bed, right? We, dinner, whatever practice they had, dinner, bed routines, get them tucked up. Nine o'clock, I head to the gym. Mm. I go nine to 10, came home, tag, husband went 10 to 11. Wow. But what I didn't realize is what a way to decompress, Mm -hmm. right? It was a solid 45 to 50 minutes. I had the headphones on, nobody to talk to, right? Nobody to answer to, which was really nice. (laughs) Nobody stopped me and asked me questions when I was going from one machine to the other. And it just became like that was my time. Yeah. And and I got muscles I didn't know existed. <laughs> so who wouldn't love that? Um Yeah. But now, of course, once pandemic hit, we we stopped going to the gym and, and we've yet to go back and so this is where, you know, we say it looks different. So mm-hmm. all of the of course right now reading my reading is to the eyeballs of research and theories yeah. and all those pieces, but a piece that I like is give me a good Nicholas Sparks novel and mm-hmm. i can sit there and just be lost in my own little world <laughs> and right. enjoy that. So i'm pretty intentional of i love keeping up with current, you know, research and literature and leadership, but i have to have that i don't have to think book, mm-hmm. right? That by the nightstand when i just need a little bit of time to just kind of let my mind go, i'll do that and really just Spending time with my kids and enjoying them. I mean, I live my life for my kids and my husband, and I have to make sure that I keep that at the focus, right? Yeah. I, I always stay, you know, family first. And if I'm not, not modeling that to my staff, mm-hmm. I mean, they see me at work till seven or eight o'clock at night, you know, what am I telling them? Right. You know, where are my priorities? And, and, I ha- and I do believe, I believe my priorities are with my family and that's my home. And I love my job. I love everything that I do when I I go away from the house and and go to work. But if I'm not able and capable to take care of my family, then it's not worth it. And so that's where I really have to force myself to make that time
0: because I don't want to get lost. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that because you just gave me permission because so often we see what balance looks like for other people and then we start to beat ourselves up even more because we're not able to do those things. Absolutely. And so I'm going to I'm going to try to baby step this a little bit in my <laughs> life. So thank you for that. Please I appreciate do. it. do.
1: We all deserve it. Do it, girl. Do yes, it. yes.
0: All right, so Amy, what do you hope our listeners take away from this conversation today?
1: Um, Something. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) You know, I just think that, you know, those those core competencies of SEL, I Mm -hmm. think, are just as important for students as they are for adults. And in this global pandemic, you know, if I can say, I mean, our teachers are doing God's work right now, for goodness sakes. You know, teachers didn't get a job, you know, just to get a job in teaching, you know, mm-hmm. they, they got a job in teaching to to make a difference, and so I think you know, not only taking care of yourself, but making sure you're taking care of the adults in the building. Um, right, happy teachers equal happy students. That's that's yes. what I think. So mm-hmm. I, I would I would love for that and that self care piece. Take care of yourself right. for sure. Right.
0: Absolutely. All right, Amy, this was so good. I already feel relaxed after (laughs) this conversation, so thank you. You are welcome. We always end our podcast with some rapid-fire questions. Are you game to try a few of these out? I'm
1: game. Let's let's see how rapid I can be. Let's do
0: it. All right. Favorite leadership book?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have a book right next to me. It literally just came in from Amazon. It is called Five Practices for Equity-Focused School Leadership. So- Mm. Two of my professors from UT are actually co-authors on this. Oh wow. And I attended their book launch recently, bought several copies for my cabinet team. We're grounded in this work. We want to do, you know, anti-racism, you know, cultural proficiency and relevant teaching. And I can't wait
0: to dive in with my team and see what a difference we can make. That's so awesome. I geeked out a little bit because I kind of am a book groupie. So the fact that you know the authors is, <laughs> is pretty exciting.
1: Oh uh, So I I like, if I could get their autographs one day, I mean. Yes.
0: Yeah. For sure. I'm right there with you. Yes. All right. Favorite app.
1: Tough one. Okay. I mean, the only two apps I actually go to are Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> so <laughs> Facebook more has been this year almost like a documentation memoir, right? So right mm-hmm. now, all of the memories from last year at this time, which was, you know, the first week of the shutdown, yes. are starting to come up. And yes. wow, that's bringing some strong emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. And just being able to go back and like, whoa, what were we doing a year ago? Oh, it's just going to be a week, you know? And yes, <laughs> totally. Right? So I, yeah. I appreciate that piece. And then Twitter, I mean... That's how I got to meet you. So how can I not love that app?
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Best Amazon find for work.
1: Well, we've already talked about our mutual love for purple, but so anything purple on Amazon, but for work, postcards, you cannot, like, do not misgive the power of a handwritten note card. So So beginning of every school year, I find a postcard that I feel like fits our theme, Mm -hmm. uh, handwrite them all. beginning of August and send them out that first week of PD to the staff. And I'm sure none of them are listening right now, but they're getting another one in April, like just a little pick me up. Right. So I'm just trying to find a quirky little cute one. I mean, who doesn't love getting mail? Right. Right. So
0: I I do. uh, Okay. Well, give me your address
1: and I'll send you a postcard. (laughs)
0: Fantastic. Favorite song to put you in a good mood.
1: Oh, I have two. I have two. I'm really bad. I cannot just pick one. I'm so sorry. Okay. So Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Mm -hmm. Love it. And Lean on Me. That is like hands down, ultimate favorite song.
0: Yeah. Going strong. Going strong. Both of those are great. All right. One tip you would tell your first year principal self.
1: So I would say keep the focus on the kids. Mm -hmm. That's what you're there for. I could not believe how many people wanted to talk to me my first year as a principal. <laughs> like, and mind you, I I was the AP and went into the principalship. So I yeah. knew a ton of, you know, community members, stakeholders, and and families. But, you know, I just always said, everybody just wanted a little piece of Amy G. And, you know, when I found myself not making time for classroom visits, you know, not being in the cafeteria, just have those conversations with kids or walking out to recess right. I really had to re-examine, you know, how I managed all those different meetings and requests because I'm there for the kids. Yeah. Kids first and that they are super important and I needed to make sure that I I had that focus there and didn't get caught up in the paperwork and the procedures and those processes because a majority of my day needs to be in front of children. I, I really believe that. Yeah.
0: Great advice. All right. So if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? I'm thinking this is where your Twitter handle is going to come into play. That
1: would be awesome. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Amy Gonzalez with an S. I just want to throw that out there. I learned how to say that now. 622, actually. So Amy Gonzalez, 622. I'd love a follow. And I actually enjoy connecting over Twitter or, you know, put something out there and somebody actually send me a, a message of just like, hey, tell me more about this. I, I just think that, you know, we're better together, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's a great idea out there, you know, reach out. I, I'm a little Twitter shy sometimes, but, <laughs> you know, then I see other people do and I'm like, okay, I can do it too.
0: Yes, yes. Amy, thank you so much for this conversation. This was amazing. I appreciate you so much.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. What a very fun experience. And I appreciate you now being a part of my leadership journey.
0: Oh, thank you. That was such a fun conversation. Thank you to Amy for her ideas and her leadership. If you took something away from this conversation, please share this episode on your social media and review us wherever you listen. Until next time, this is Dr. Shayna Henry with the Principles of Success Podcast.